0: Happy Sunday, Fervent Church. Barry Hoover here. I am the Soul Location Pastor. I'm the Creative Arts Pastor and the Best Dressed Pastor. Just kidding. But I am rocking a suit today. Only at Fervent, right? Can you get like a Biggie Smalls t-shirt? Um, and then a suit with no tie, right? So I gotta, I'm, I'm kind of keeping it a little bit fresh. I'm super excited to preach today. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. Mainly because I picked this topic. Like, Pastor Mike came to me uh, and Matt, and he said, Hey, this is where we're going. Of course, Pastor Mike is organized, and this was like two months ago. Um, also, shout out to Pastor Mike. Put, actually, right now, comments, just put whatever um, emoji you love that describes Pastor Mike, uh, because can you imagine leading a church during this time? All the things going around, it's hard enough to lead ourselves and lead our families. Imagine on your shoulders is leading church. Yo, pray. Keep praying for, your, for Pastor Mike. And when you see him, tell him that you're for him. He'll act like he doesn't care, but shoot him an email. Say, yo, I'm with you. Can you do that for me? Because it's important that we pray for and push up and encourage our leaders. So today we're talking about character. We're in a sermon series about how to change. And I wanted to do character because it is a topic that I haven't really seen in church um, hit hard. What I mean is, uh, when I think of like character development, that's what we would teach four or five, five, six-year-olds in karate. Fun fact about me, I used to have a martial arts school. I'm a third-degree black belt. We had a school in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and then sold it to went uh, into ministry full-time. So also pray for me. When you pray for Pastor Mike, pray for me. A little bit of my backstory for all those people that I don't know I'm 38. I am married. My wife's name's Alyssa. We've been married for 10 years. Just celebrated on the 19th of June. Uh, We have two little ones in our house. And I do that weird face because the baby girl, uh, we're in foster care. We're foster parents. Um, And we're going to be a loving family for her for as long as she needs one. We have her today. We're going to love her today. If it's for forever, amen. Um, But if not, she's going to know unconditional love and with my son, who's three and a half, his name's Jacoby. he's amazing, he was brought into our fold through adoption. So this is where character kind of rubber met the road a little bit. Because when you, if you've never done it or know anybody who's pursued adoption, the preparation is intense. Like I'm talking W-2s, I'm talking uh, pay stubs, I am talking printed out of every financial account attached to my name and my business at the time, right? Um, I'm talking about questionnaire after packet, after character reference, after um, letters that we had to submit on my behalf that spoke to my character. Part of me was a little bit um, frustrated. Because biological dads, they don't have to do that. So I'm asking God in my selfish way. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm I'm, I'm doing a good thing. You're calling me to this. And why why is this so hard? This isn't fair. And as the process went, it didn't just stop there. Once we submitted everything, it was like reviewed. And I can remember a lot of different stories, but this one. I remember we were at our table in our, in our home and the person went through questionnaires that me and Alyssa answered and she went over every answer and then she went over discrepancies between our answers, like maybe approach to parenting where we didn't put the same exact thing. She would ask us, ask us about it. There was even things on the questionnaire that was like intimate things with me and my wife and they're questioning me. In my home about the desire to be a parent. Have you ever had your character questioned? Has it ever been attacked? And maybe not even attacked but just called in to question. Have you been observed? Observed for a purpose. Hey we're gonna observe you to see hey if you are a suitable dad. When at the same time I'm just like I got a lot of love to give I'm ready, and it's like, oh, yeah, you got to do this mountain of work. Have, does any of that resonate with you? Have you been there? Because I found that the digging, the digging up, that it displays something. Right? When you dig up history, when you dig up what makes up your character, it displays something. What does it display? There's, like a, there's a general fear, isn't there? And sometimes we play it off with humor. Right, Like one in my home is, is about how Alexa listens to every word, and we joke about it because the ads pop up on my Instagram feed. My phone's listening, too. But here's my point. So what? So what? So what? And so I, I've been thinking about what digging up does. And I want you to understand, I want you to hear um, from me that what is brought to the surface, is, it won't be perfect, but it will be redeemed, it will be forgiven, and you'll find freedom from what is brought to the surface. So why is character important? Why is it important? If you haven't had it challenged yet, your character will be called into question at some point. Now we're in this sermon series called This Is How We Change. And if you've been a part of Fervent Church, um, especially with Pastor Mike's leadership, the one phrase, right, like saying a lot of deep things in a few words, is kind of like a calling card of the house and I love that, especially as I'm learning to do it better and better. But guess what? This series, it has a thesis. So here's this thesis of the sermon series. Let me me read it to you. Let Let me bring it back to the forefront. It says, before you desire to see change, he first needs to change your heart. Once he changes your heart, he will then change your thoughts. Once he changes your thoughts, he will then change your character. It's today. Once he changes your character, he will then change your habits. And once your habits change, he will change your course. And that will change your destiny. So that's our roadmap, and today is like our halfway point almost all the way through. And a couple of the scriptural references for the first two weeks are super important. I can't go over each one, even though that would be awesome, Um, but go back and watch the YouTube, go back and watch um, the Instagram story, wherever you can find it, go back and watch uh, the first couple weeks. And uh, last week with the Father's Day week, who loved um, Chase's impersonation of Pastor Mike? Right when he walked off the the shot and he came back, he's like, "Hey man, Uh, that was that was my favorite." Right, so give Chase some love in the comments. Way to go, Chase! First verse for the first week was from Ezekiel, all right, and it says this: "I will give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you, and I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." The thing I love about this verse in Ezekiel. A new heart is a divine act. Like, it's not up to you. It is not up to you. You need only to say yes. Please remember that. And also, Ezekiel, this wasn't just taken out of random spot in the Old Testament. When Ezekiel was a prophet, when he was a mouthpiece for the Lord, listen to what was going on around him. Are you ready? It was a time of confusion and complex political climate. Yo. That is for you and that is for me today. Psalm 5110, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And if you grew up in church like I did, right away you sing that song. I'm not going to sing it. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And for thoughts, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. So, new heart, thoughts. Today, for character, hear me, character doesn't just change, it develops. Let me say it again. Character does not just change, but it develops. Your character doesn't change for the sake of change, but it develops because when you are in development, you are working towards something, and what you're working towards is looking more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. Some circles, we like to use the word like progressive sanctification, You're developing into the likeness of Jesus. That is the point. So it's not just change. It's not just that. It is development. And so before we talk about that development, we need to go through like three things real quick. So if you're taking notes, this is your time to shine. First thing, don't mourn character development. Do not mourn character development development. What I mean is don't mourn the things that fall off of you. Don't mourn the things that you don't think about anymore. Don't mourn the things that you don't do anymore. Don't even mourn the things that don't make you laugh anymore. Is this making sense to you? Don't mourn those things. He's doing a new thing. You're, you're in development. You're in redevelopment. You are moving towards a goal. Do not mourn what the Holy Spirit is changing within your spirit. I mentioned the Holy Spirit at this point on purpose because it's, it's very important to understand this one thing. The Holy Spirit, He actively changes mental and moral qualities. Can I say that part again? The Holy Spirit actively changes mental and moral qualities. How do I know that? What the Holy Spirit controls, He convicts. What the Holy Spirit controls, He convicts. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is conviction. right? He, he empowers us. We love to talk about the things that He lets us do, which is just like um, on another level, right? We feel like we're being used. We can we have like uh, words of knowledge, we have like prophetic words, and the Holy Spirit can really move upon us uh, when we pray and, and all those kinds of things. But something that maybe we need to understand more is if there's not a conviction, if He's not convicting you, the Holy Spirit might need some more real estate of your heart. Right? What He controls, He convicts. And so, make sure when you feel convicted about something that you never felt convicted about before, you pay attention to it. Do not dismiss it. I think we miss out. I think we really miss out on development because we don't understand that that's his role to convict us. Character does not look to get off the hook. Character puts yourself on the hook. That phrase of like being off the hook, I found myself saying it a lot recently and and it really like revealed something. It's like to be not in a spot of responsibility I take a lot of comfort in. If you're like me, I feel like I have responsibility in a lot of different areas. And it's, and it's growing, family-wise, church-wise, all those things. And then when I see an opportunity for me to not be on the hook and not be responsible for something or for someone, I'm quick to take myself off the hook. But real character, right, that, look for spots. Maybe not to jump on the hook. I'm not there yet. Maybe one day. But at least to stay on the hook and stop being so fast and so quick to say, whew, I'm off the hook. Right? Now, that that applies to me and you as an individual, um, but also fervent church. Fervent as a movement. We are not, we are not okay with being apathetic, we are not okay with having our head in the sand and being on a sideline. The church has lost its voice in this, in this country, and I think it's because the church very quickly will take ourselves off the hook. And as a leader here at Fervent Church, uh, we are remaining on the hook because that's exactly where God needs us. That's exactly what God wants for us because this time that we find ourselves in this country in 2020, with all the tension inside and outside, didn't happen to us. We're here for this. Does that make sense? We're we're here for such a time as this. Nothing's happening to us. He has us here for this. So, how's it developed? How is character even developed? Thanks for asking. Romans, chapter five verses 3, 4, and 5. If you have your Bible, I actually want you to join me. I'll give you 10 more seconds. Romans 5, verses 3, 4, and 5. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. Paul is writing this church, writing to this church in Rome, and there are serious, serious tensions within the church. Between the Jews, Gentiles, Gentile means a non-Jew. Serious tensions. The Jews, God's chosen people, their understanding was through their religious activities that were handed down to them through the generations by God, they're right. They're the only true believers. They're the only true Christians. And so when Paul comes along, and it's like, hey, it's also for the non-Jews. The good news of Jesus Christ is not just for you. It's for everyone. Can you imagine what those church meetings were like? Arguing. Full of tension and full of discrimination. Right? Because the Jews were saying, you Gentile dogs, you, no. You are not followers. You are not believers. You are not Christians. You don't follow the same God. Um, It is only for us and we're going to treat you. As such, So, let me read it again now with that very brief context part. This is what we hear. Rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope. He's talking to a church. We suffer. We're called to suffer. Listen, if your study of God if your understanding of God doesn't have space in there for suffering with God, you are missing out on a whole angle and a perspective of His goodness. When you understand that it's not just a Jesus who's like a superhero Jesus, felt bored when you're growing up, He can do anything. Jesus, that is part of it. But as I'm growing, as I'm going through difficult times in my life, the suffering servant Jesus is the one who has been by my side. And so maybe you never thought of that before, and maybe today's the day you start to consider suffering in a new light, and that Jesus is right in the middle of it with you. That could be the biggest takeaway for you today. I promise you. So, Three fast things we can do to develop character. First thing. When suffering makes its way into your path, I can't tell you to go look for it. Again, I'm not there. But I know it makes its way right in front of me. Embrace suffering. And if you don't like that word embrace, don't run from it. Can I say that? Don't turn and run from the suffering in front of you because if this scripture is true we will learn to then rejoice in our suffering that's crazy talk right like our our culture will tell you you do everything you possibly can to avoid discomfort and suffering and this guy in a suit is telling you no to embrace suffering I can say it with boldness and I can say it with some conviction uh, because I have met the very presence of God, in my darkest times of suffering. He was there with me, and I am just like you, broken. And if he does it for me, I know he will do it for you. Pain that we feel is a, is a waste of time. It's a total waste of time if character is not a priority. What's, what's the point of it? What's the point of pain? It's a wasted emotion. It's a wasted pain. But when character, development, you looking more like Jesus, is a priority, it redeems the pain. Second thing. Stand firm. It says, Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Stand firm. Do not give Do not quit. You might be watching this today, and everything else that you're going to see on a screen looks hopeless to you. If I'm honest, I'm with you a little bit. I'm fighting for hope because my last point is proof. But let's stay right here for a minute. Everything that you could be seeing on a screen just looks like hopelessness. But the church, we are on the hook, and there is a voice that is needed for you, and today it sounds like mine. Stand firm and do not give up, because endurance produces character. Third and final thing, create. You're like, well, you're the creative arts pastor, so of course... You're going to take that avenue. I don't think you know what I mean. I don't mean uh, create a painting or a song. I'm talking about something way more, should I say it, way more impactful in this moment. Are you ready? Create hope. Produce hope. Because if you're going to embrace suffering, simply not run from it, but embrace the suffering, and if you're going to stand firm and simply not give up, but keeping your eyes on on Jesus, that produces character in you, and character, character produces hope. Right? We have hope first because the blood of Jesus, and then in turn the Holy Spirit within us. Because if you're listening to me, yo, hope ain't cheap. Hope is costly. Because you're going to suffer and you're going to have to endure, just like Jesus did. On the cross, whipped, beaten, spit, stabbed, left for dead. Because of that price, I can stand here and I can say, hey, your character develops where you are is hope because where the holy spirit is there's is hope and so your character right your character where your very nature needs to be one that creates hope wherever you are found and wherever you have influence so for me my home i need to create hope in my home that is my responsibility. I'm not off the hook. I'm not off the hook that I know I'm going to sit my family down on Sunday and watch a sermon, even though this Sunday's going to be really weird, right, because I'm going to watch it myself. But are, are, you, are you tracking with me? I, I, I'm not off the hook. I am on the hook. I'm going to create hope in my marriage, in my family, in my place of work, in my extended family, in my neighborhood. If you're like me, during like quarantine, I know my neighbors more now, better now than ever. I've lived there for like six years and I have done more relationship building with them the last three months than I did the first six years. It's amazing. And I'm a pastor, right? It took a pandemic for me to actually love and engage with my neighbor, my literal neighbor than ever before. And that's coming from me. He, that's what he wants for us. Where we are is hope. So, we're not finished. This is, what, this is how we're going to end today. We're going to sing a song called Reckless Love. And most of us, I'll say, are probably like familiar with it. Okay? And what I want to highlight, one thing for the song, is um, actually the word reckless. Because the word reckless, the, the w- one definition that the writer of the song went off of was without regard for your own well-being. Like, Jesus disregarded his own well-being as he hung on the cross for you. Does that make sense? Does that hit hard? Does it hit you hard like it hits me every time I hear this song? So don't get caught in side conversation and side thoughts like, is God really reckless? By that definition, yes. Without regard for his own well-being, he paid a price for you and for me. So as we sing this song, that's the word that has to hover Right, that has to speak to you during it. And then while the song is going on, okay, so while E.J. and Liz are singing the song, I actually want you in the comment section, whatever platform you're on, I want you to answer this question. Where do you need to see hope in your life? Where do you need to see hope in your life today? Family, work marriage, in my body, even, whatever that is, as the song's going on, engage with us. There's something about when you take a step of of obedience, even, it's a crazy thing, isn't it? Me asking you to type, right, is an act of obedience, but where there's obedience, there's release, and it's going to encourage the people that are on the platform with you. Don't buy the lie that because we're like on a screen, um, that it's somehow um, different spiritually, Okay? It's not the same, but it is not less than, because the Holy Spirit, He is at work uh, right in your room. So, I'm going to pray. Take us into the song, Where Do You Need to See Hope in Your Life? Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and through the power of You, Holy Spirit, I pray for every heart, and I pray for every mind, that is engaging with you, even right now, as I pray. And this is what I pray. Holy Spirit, will you show anyone that is asking you and engaging with you where hope is needed, I pray that you give them a new area of their life that you want to give hope. Maybe it's an area of their life they've never actually considered before. Let today be a day that they give up more and more real estate of their heart. Show them new spaces in their life that you want to grow in hope. And for the hearts that are barely, that are barely hanging on, for the hearts that would say, yes, I am hopeless, for those hearts Holy Spirit, I pray that as this song is sung, that the truth of the good news of Jesus, it penetrates even the most hopeless heart. Because nothing can stop the truth of what you did for us on that cross. You you did not regard your own well-being you paid a price for every single heart that is watching and listening right now. And so Holy Spirit, will you touch the hearts? You said it is an act of you and it's only by your power. So that's what I ask and that's what I pray because if there are no hearts that are developed and changed and brought home today, this was worth nothing. Please, Holy Spirit, do a mighty work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join as we sing Reckless Love.